0: You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join George Brockler and Michael Fields for today's edition. Welcome to another Advanced Colorado Rundown. My name is George Brockler. This is Michael Fields. And I wanted to talk to you, Michael, today, it's a little bit different than what we've done in the past. It's not so much about the things that are progressing through the legislature, but things that have already been killed by the legislature and potentially killing off some other good ideas. These things just don't get the attention in the media that some of the higher profile goofiness gets. But where are we in terms of good ideas that have been already gutted?
1: Yeah, so I think you look at the the fact that uh, Republicans, conservatives came out with 44 bills. Uh, We had Hugh McKean on uh, some episodes ago talking about uh, the focus on education and public safety and affordability, Uh, but they put out these 44 bills and a lot of them are really good ideas and you're right, they don't get attention uh, partially because the media knows that they're going to get shot down. They're going to go to the kill committee, you know, the committee that they stack up with people that are in safe seats that can just shoot stuff down uh, and make sure that the broader uh, legislature doesn't have to, to vote on it. Uh, which, again, you know, could be uh, trouble for some of them in, in the future in, in politics if if they had to vote on it. But you look at some of these good ideas around uh, things like taxes, transparency, uh, some public safety. I know one bill that just got killed uh, is uh, a bill that would have expanded the homestead tax exemption, something that's very popular uh, for seniors, disabled veterans.
0: Uh, yeah, so what is the homestead exemption? Yeah.
1: So this exemption uh, is basically a top a property tax break uh, for seniors and disabled veterans, and so they get to to write off uh, two hundred thousand dollars of their home and We know prices uh, for homes values for homes have gone up so much recently uh, that people could have had you know a house that was you know four or five hundred thousand dollars and now it's over a million dollars so basically, what they wanted to do was say you know two hundred thousand dollars sounded good. 20 years ago or 15 years ago, uh, now, you know, it should be $400,000. And so, uh, Republicans wanted to expand that to $400,000 that got shot down. Um, but I think it's a broader discussion about property taxes and I know we're going to have committee. What was that?
0: Did it get sent to the kill committee right
1: off the bat? It got sent to the kill committee. Um, and, and they shot it down because they want more revenue, right? They don't (laughs) want to give up this, this, this revenue.
0: What's crazy is, and you know the numbers, Michael, they've never had more revenue in the history of the state of Colorado than they do right at this moment.
1: Yeah, and that's a lot of federal funds, um, but also, you know, the fact that we're over the TABOR cap, that doesn't include federal funds, right? Only a third of our budget uh, is, is under TABOR, and we're still well over that. Uh, cap. And so government has more money than ever. Uh, so this idea that we couldn't, you know, help take care of disabled veterans and seniors a little more uh, is is just is flat wrong. But I think there is this broader conversation. And I know we're going to have a uh, Colorado concern come on pretty soon yeah. to yeah. talk about the increase that's coming in property taxes. So that'll be interesting. But I wanted to point out that specific bill that we're trying to help people stay in their houses uh, and and really it got shot down uh, right away in the kill committee.
0: What's interesting about that is, didn't the did the governor come uh, on through his state of the state address and say that his priority was making Colorado more affordable for Coloradans?
1: Yeah, he did, um, and he's been talking about that uh, when in you know, his campaign kickoff that he just had. Uh, you know, this big emphasis on making Colorado more affordable, but the actions that have happened over the last three years, and now uh, even this session, that they they don't seem like they're necessarily serious about that. Uh, you know, we've talked about also the delay to the gas tax uh, that that they're trying to do, but this is just going to kick in next year. Then, right? Like, there's no long term saving people money. It is temporary, uh, if anything. And so, this is one of those cases where, uh, you know, they did a temporary uh, small property tax cut last year, and that's going to expire, and people, uh, you know, are going to be paying much more in, in property taxes. And so, we'll talk more about that issue, but uh, it's one of those good ideas that that got shot down. Uh, already this session.
0: There's another one too. You And I know you know this intimately. There was that hospital provider fee that was really a tax that the legislature was able to siphon off from accounting for TABOR purposes, like a jillion dollars. And then Republicans, I think it's Republicans, I don't know who sponsors, it could have been bipartisan, offered a bill to say, we'd like some transparency in that hospital provider tax slash fee. What was it about and what happened to it?
1: Yeah. So this is one that just it doesn't show up on your bill. Right. And so you are charged this fee if you stay in a hospital anywhere in Colorado and you don't know what the cost is. It's just at the end of the line. It's the total amount. And so basically, you just wanted some transparency and saying this is how much it is. This is what uh, you have to pay. And, and Democrats uh, shot it down again in, in in the kill committee and basically said that people don't deserve to know that it's even there. They don't need to know this.
0: They uh, don't need to know what they're paying in the form of taxes.
1: Yeah, and you know, I mean, they call it a fee, but yeah, it is absolutely taxes. Um, but there's also, you know, this this lack of transparency in general. You have the governor who says uh, that he creates this new office of saving people money, um, and there's no transparency with that either. There was a bill to say, you know what, we want to have accountability like other departments do, uh, and they said, no, no, this is uh, this shouldn't be under that, and so you have a, a case where all Republicans, all conservatives are asking for is more transparency when it comes to these healthcare uh, issues. And, and really it's just being shot down uh, because they have complete control over government right now.
0: Well, th- this brings up a good point, And that is that for the last several cycles now, it seems like all the decisions have been coming from one side of the ideological spectrum, really unchecked by anything else. They don't need to be checked. They don't need to be moderated in any way because No other party has enough authority to stop them. And it doesn't sound like the governor has the guts to do it either. There was another bill that would have done something that I think parents across the state are in favor of, and that is to provide more money for resource officers to put them in schools. Now, I presume that's for outside of Denver because Denver hates resource officers and they don't want any sort of security in schools. But I got to tell you, I live in Douglas County, as do you. Put more in there. Happy to have a second one in there if you can. What happened with that common sense bill?
1: Yeah, so I, I agree with you, and you know, being uh, somebody who has kids in school, uh, I want them to be safe. And you know, these resource officers have shown uh, the fact that they can help uh, prevent stuff that's happening in schools that could be harmful to our kids. And so I think it is a good idea. Another one, as you mentioned, you know, some of these legislators and and politicians in Denver don't like this, uh, and so they decided to shoot it down. But these are, you know, there's common sense, uh, public safety issues, especially when it comes to schools that should be supported. Uh, that, uh, again, you know, that just because of this idea that uh, resource officers are bad or it creates a bad environment, uh, I'd rather my kids be safe than anything else. And so uh, this is something that, that you know, I support. And I think that, that the legislature should have. Um, and there's some other public safety bills that are still coming up and and ideas that conservatives had uh, for like things like grants for law enforcement uh, that, you know, I anticipate the governor came out with some ideas on, on, you know, small amount of grants, but I think there's much more money that could go to recruiting, retaining law enforcement. uh, And, and I think a lot of it will get shot down, unfortunately, uh, even though the party, the Democrats and liberals are are claiming to care about public safety and, and making that a focus this year.
0: Honestly, killing off an SRO funding bill probably doesn't have a huge impact on Douglas County, on us. Where it really could have paid dividends is the rural parts of the state that just don't have the funding to hire a police officer or a sheriff's deputy to protect a school full time. And, and that's, that's the real part of this that frustrates me is that Denver-Boulder corridor that seems to drive the complete narrative and if you look at everybody in a, a top state office, except maybe Dave Young, the treasurer, and the leadership of the House and the Senate, uh, except for uh, the president of the Senate who's leaving, Leroy Garcia. I mean, it's all Denver, Boulder. That's it. And it's been that way now for several sessions. And so when they do things that kill bills that they don't like for Denver, it has an impact on the rural. Very, very frustrating. Can we talk about some bills that we know are coming or that are in there that haven't been killed yet? And then maybe we finish up with things that the Democrats have promised to do or the liberals have promised to do, uh, but have not yet done. So let's start with what is out there that you think is probably going to be on the chopping block.
1: Yeah, I think there's no doubt that this income tax cut uh, that uh, Representative or Senator Sonnenberg uh, has brought forward, we already have it on the ballot for this year. But as you know, you know, you can't raise taxes if you're in the legislature, but you can lower them. And so this could be something that, you know, they just went through, people uh, approve it, the governor signs it, and we don't have to go to the ballot in order to do it. Um, You know, the governor has talked about wanting to cut the income tax. Well, here you go. Here's a bill right here. He said he'd prefer no income tax. Yeah, none. Right. So this is only a drop from 4.55 to 4.4%. 4. It's about 400 million dollars uh, that would go back into to the pockets of Coloradans, and it's a good time because we are we have so much money right now. Um, but I think that one, you know, the Democrats besides Polis won't be supportive until they'll kill that. Um, but we also talked about that delay to uh, the gas tax increase. Well, there's a bill to totally repeal that bill. Uh, entirely that passed last year. And it's not only an increase to the gas tax that goes up to eight cents. Uh, eventually, it's also a uh, a tax on, you know, Amazon on ride sharing stuff that impacts uh, our everyday life. And so saying, look, if this is bad policy this year, then it's bad policy next year or the year after that. And so this is something that, uh, you know, the repeal won't happen. But uh, it should. And there was really, you know, there was one Republican that voted in favor of this, uh, a Republican who always uh, tends to, to vote with the Democrats. Um, really? But, you know, <laughs> but I, I think this is another one where, you know, Governor Polis is making the case for why this is a bad idea this year. Uh, it's a bad idea in the future, too.
0: It's interesting how much of a flip-flop the the left and the governor have engaged in just over the last year or so. It's like, let's pass a gas fee slash tax increase. Nope, actually, let's suspend it at least until the election is over, and then people can get back to it. And then another one that you and I had mentioned off air was um, fentanyl. I mean, they just signed a law in place that decreased the penalties for people who possess up to a trillion pills of fentanyl. And now the governor apparently has come out and said, you know what? Maybe that maybe that was a mistake. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. And I want to go hardcore on fentanyl, and that'll get us to that next section. But and we'll get to the bills that haven't been offered yet. But talk about the charter school funding stuff.
1: Yeah. So you know, you look at school choice is super popular, as we talked about last week when we went over that ready Colorado poll. Um, But you look at charter school funding. You know, they they made a little bit of a uh, of, of progress a few years ago, saying charter schools can get some more money. They had this fund for it. Um, but when it comes down to it, charter schools don't have equalized funding, and so you're a public school, just like the the neighborhood district school, um, and yet you have to to uh, to go and have less money. You have less money for uh, you know your building for everything, and so why is that? Why is that? Simply because districts have run things for a long time, and they can you know basically decide. Uh, that they don't want to have certain charter schools come in, or if they do, uh, that they're going to know they're going to have this less funding. And so it's really a a battle over resources. But we say, look, if public schools are public schools, then they should have equal funding. And so this is a bill that I don't think will, uh, you know, get through the the kill committee or education. Um, But I think every year uh, conservatives should be bringing charter school equalized funding and say, everybody should be on the same playing field. And then we'll see what the results are. Um, but there's a lot of other education issues that are relevant too. Uh, you know, there's one that basically says that you have to post curriculum online. Um, and, you know, it seems pretty common sense, right? Like, this is what we're going to be teaching your students. Uh, so families, why would, why would
0: anyone kill that? Why would someone want to keep secret the curriculum that they're teaching in a public class?
1: I think that's a great, great question. Uh, I, I don't know why, uh, you know, that transparency, it's super popular. I mean, this is an issue that 75, 80% of people uh, support, which is hard to get anything that that 80% of people support. Um, but, you know, there's this idea that things could change or the teacher should have say, you know, day in and day out of what they teach. I don't know. Um, but it's one that that should pass. And, you know, I'm not convinced that it will, but we, we'll still see it. You know, it gets assigned to committee, people here, Testimony, and and we'll see what happens with that.
0: We have seen a growing trend in a lack of transparency in the education piece, which bums me out. And as a parent of four kids who went through a charter school K through five, I think it sucks that the funding is so disparate, and and it really creates a position where we're lying to people when we say, "Hey, you have parental choice, you have educational choice, you can send your kids," but it comes at a cost, and that resource cost makes it not an equal choice. It's like you can have a T bone steak, or you can have this bologna and cheese sandwich, and I got to tell you kids that have gone through K through five, a bologna and cheese sandwich, those are damn good bologna and cheese sandwiches. And they have turned out really, pretty awesome. Um, what are what are the other bills out there that, well, bills that I guess were talked about, or we anticipate, or the governor has asked for, or legislators have promised that we just haven't seen?
1: Yeah. So I think the, the big two, you mentioned the fentanyl issue, and you did see You know, Republicans start talking about it. Uh, Our DA, John Kellner, wrote an op ed about this. And then uh, the attorney general came out, and and DAs have, and law enforcement. Everybody says this is a mistake, what happened a few years ago in this bill. Uh, And yet you've seen no movement on actually introducing a bill to address it. And I think it's important just because, you know, deaths are up so much. Uh, from fentanyl, and every day that goes by that this isn't addressed, it's a big issue. And so this is one that I thought was going to be day one a session. You know, okay. something is introduced, they yeah. go through, they get it done. That has not been the case, and so there's some kind of holdup that's happening in the legislature. And you know, I think more people need to be talking about it to figure out we cannot get through this session. We shouldn't get through another couple weeks of session without dealing with that issue. Uh, the other one is the one that we talked about earlier, uh, the collective bargaining bill. Uh, that it had, you know, the governor came out and said that he didn't support it as it was, uh, didn't support it if it had uh, cities and uh, it has school districts in it. And so it's either going to be non-existent or get pared down to counties, higher education. There was a couple articles just today uh, talking about that issue in the battle between kind of the governor and Democrats and localities. And so we're going to keep an eye to see if anything actually gets introduced uh, this session on that.
0: There's another one, too, and you brought up D.A. Kellner, who has a column this week in the Denver Post, I think it launched today, that addresses another flip-flop problem, and that is that um, those in charge of the legislature and the governor wet signed a, a bill into place that takes effect March 1st that authorizes now tens of thousands of convicted felons in the state of Colorado to, under state law, lawfully possess firearms, and so the legislature has now been like, oh, wait, maybe we went too crazy broad with that, and we should bring back some violations that would disqualify you from possessing firearms. Of course, what they, I don't know where that bill is. I don't know if it's been launched. I don't know how it passes. But what they haven't done is to say drug dealing. If you are a convicted drug dealer, even under this newly modified, whoops, we made another mistake bill, it doesn't prevent you from possessing firearms. Arsonists, I think, was another one that from the existing bill. Insurrectionists, seditionists, all sorts of crimes where you'd say, why should that person be able to continue to possess a firearm? So this legislature, it seems like during an election year right now, with the polling the way it is so clear about the issues that are important to regular everyday Coloradans, is as much about instead of doing things to make things better for the future are trying to make the things they've done in the past, less painful for Colorado. Yep. That's a crazy policy to have, but that's what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I think this is one of the problems when you don't have balance in government is yeah. you know, they, people close off, they pass things, they uh, push kind of, you know, these other groups out that might know more about this issue than they do. Uh, and it becomes something where you do make several, I mean, we're talking about several mistakes here in the last couple of years that have to do with, you know, drugs and crime and safety when we're in a in a time when we're seeing these huge spikes and increases in this. And so I hope they do fix these things. I hope that they, you know, go slower and be more deliberate and hear more voices when they're passing legislation. Because you know these aren't experts on everything at the legislature, you know there's people that might have been in certain profession, but there's you know fifty other professions that they're passing legislation on or other issues that they don't know about, and so uh, I think that's a you know the fact that they're pulling back on some of these big uh, bills that have passed in in the last couple of years, I think shows that the process isn't working well right now
0: well, and you know one of the points you made was you hope that they hear these other voices. I think they did i mean. Kilner was not a supporter of the bill that allowed 8 trillion extra new felons to possess firearms. And then they vote for it. And then all of a sudden, what was told to them actually starts happening. And the public starts responding. And they're like, oh, wait, what? What did I vote for? I mean, I would love to see the left wing media, which dominates the the metro area, to ask each of these legislators that are now going to vote for these quote unquote fixes Um, were you wrong before? I mean, what changed? Why did you think you were right? But no one's ever going to ask that question.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how these bills and a lot of topics going on, a lot of things that are relevant on these affordability, education and uh, public safety issues. So we'll keep track of it and keep people informed. Well,
0: I'm excited for our next podcast with Mike Kopp from Colorado concern. And they do such wonderful nonpartisan work on some important economic issues across the state of Colorado. And nothing could be more important than that right now. I'm George Brockler. That's Michael Fields. And this has been the Advanced Colorado Podcast. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, uh, go to your local podcasting platform. The one that I use is Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. And all the millions of others out there, download it, subscribe to it, share it with your listener base, with your friends, with your family, and let's get this thing going. You've been listening to the Advance Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advance Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at AdvanceColorado.org.